My name is Monica Kretschmer, CEO of the Universal Women's Network, Woman of Inspiration Awards, and support her. This is the Woman of Inspiration podcast, featuring business leaders, entrepreneurs, and change makers who lead, inspire, and motivate. Tune in as we put women into the spotlight. Listen to the inspiring interviews of women paving the path for others to follow. Learn the career paths, leadership wisdom, and stories of women who lead by example and inspire us to dream big. Get ready to be inspired. Hello, my name is Monica Kretschmer, and I'm the founder and CEO of the Universal Women's Network and Women of Inspiration. This is the Women of Inspiration podcast, where we speak with women who lead inspire and motivate. Today is a very special guest. I've had the opportunity to chat within the green room and offline before our podcast. It's Alex Catoni. Um, Alex, it's so great to have you here. She is the founder and CEO of The Copy Posse. And Alex, just a moment while I introduce yourself, I don't want to miss a nugget, so I am going to read the short intro for you. So Alex is a copywriter, speaker, and the founder of The Copy Posse, as well as digital marketers, 2022 marketer of the year since 2011 she's worked with many leading transformational businesses by writing high converting sales copy scaling multi-million dollar brands and crafting iconic professional uh, promotional campaigns and i'm going to dive into that because what you're doing right now is so needed out there it's a very noisy noisy space and you're diving and cutting right through the noise uh, in 2020, uh, Alex launched the Copy Posse, the raddest, baddest crew of copywriters, marketers, and entrepreneurs from around the world on a mission to douchify the internet, redefine modern marketing, and build an empire that is filled with empathy. So Alex, you've done an amazing job in such a short amount of time. I want you to share with your listeners where you began your career path, I know wasn't doing what you're doing right now. So where did that begin for you? <laughs> it definitely was not where I am right now. So I, like so many entrepreneurs, started as someone who was very confused about the path forward for me. I went to university in Edmonton in Alberta, Canada, uh, after leaving my, my hometown. And all I really knew in terms of a path forward was academics, right? I thought, okay, I can become a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant, a teacher, a nurse, you know, thinking about those boxes that we tend to think are our options available when we go out there into the world. And so I, I went up to Edmonton to do my Bachelor of Commerce degree with a major in business law, uh, planning to then go to law school. And somewhere in, I would say, my last year of studying in my degree, uh, I really had this deep yearning to do something different. I actually spent the last year of my degree studying abroad in Vienna, Austria, which really opened up my eyes to this whole idea of traveling. And I just, you know, I got the travel bug. I thought, okay, I can go to I can go to law school later. I'm just going to, you know, put this off for a year and just go sow my oats, adventure, uh, and have a little bit of fun. And that, you know, was an amazing year that I spent in Europe, 
Then I came back to Alberta, moved back in with my parents <laughs> uh, to study for the LSAT and go through the full kind of motions of, of going to law school. Uh, and I hated it. You know, I was bartending and serving to make money and coming home at night to, to study for the LSAT. And every part of my being was just telling me, I don't think this is what I want to do. But I was so terrified to admit that uh, because I didn't know of any other option. So what I had decided to do at the time and after, you know, sort of getting some permission from my stepdad, he doesn't really even know this, but I knew he could tell that I hated what I was doing in terms of like the law school path. Yet I was so determined because I'm an overachiever. I thought, no, this is what I have to do. But I knew if he told me, you don't want to be a lawyer, I would have been like, yeah, I do. And I would have probably fought him tooth and nail on it. Um, but instead he just kind of said, hey, you know, that's always going to be there. Why don't you go do something different? Like, I think you would really love marketing because I really did love marketing. I did a, a minor in marketing in university, but to me, it always felt like the fun classes. Like I didn't, I didn't really see how I could be a marketing executive. Like that, that path forward wasn't clear to me. And then uh, anyway, long story short, I decided to uh, travel again, but I needed money. So I was looking for jobs overseas that would pay me, but still allow me to travel. And then that's how I found Mind Valley, which uh, today is a you know huge online publishing company in the personal development and transformational space. Uh, and at the time, it was just a little startup, like a little tech startup in Malaysia with a small team. And I just kind of said, you know what, I'm going for it. I applied, I got the job. Uh, and then like a few weeks later, I had quit my my serving job. I had sold my car. I had packed up, you know, two suitcases and I was on my way to Malaysia to work at that company. And that was how many years later? How many years did you actually stay with the Mind Valley in that career transition? Yeah, I planned to be there for six months. So the internship was a six month internship, but fell in love with it. I mean, when I discovered personal development was traveling the world and learning online business at the same time. I really thought I had found like the magics. Like I just couldn't believe that there was people who were making money online and and then going to Tony Robbins events. So I was like, what is this world? Uh, and I, I ended up staying for three and a half years while at Mind Valley. So started as an intern, basically doing anything and everything. And then by the time I left in 2011, I was the uh, creative director uh, at the company, and I was also the director of what even is now today one of their biggest events that they run every single year. So I was doing event managing and creative direction at, at the company. So wild because you and I talked in the green room and I actually have attended those A-Fest events and those are wild. They're extremely well done. Mm -hmm. And so we had a great conversation about that. But what was the turning point that you're like, I'm ready now to move forward from this from this journey, what's my next chapter? How did you know that you're ready to do that? Yeah, that's such a good question. You know, I think the biggest the biggest reason, honestly, was that I, I sort of felt like the decision was made for me because I was experiencing some major health issues, like very severe uh, gut issues. At the time, I, I didn't know I was celiac. Uh, so I was essentially poisoning myself every single day while I was living overseas and was just burning myself at both ends. Uh, in the process. And so I was going to doctors, trying to figure out what was going on with me and just was coming up against a brick wall. It wasn't until I came home for a visit at one point and my, both my brother and my mom are healthcare professionals. And they looked at me and they said, you're sick, something's wrong. So I, I went to a specialist, did a whole bunch of tests and found out that I was celiac. Uh, 
which was really good news in the sense that I knew that something was wrong. But at the time, I'm sure it's different now, but this was in 2011. I mean, you said gluten-free to someone in Malaysia and they look at you like, what? You know, so to me, it kind of just had, it was a choice I had to make. And to be honest, it was so hard. You know, I, I was 25 years old. I was at the height of my career. I was the creative director of a very fast growing company that, that was fulfilling and nourishing and fun, surrounded by like-minded people 24 seven. And I decided just to prioritize myself and my health. And I moved back to Canada. I came to Vancouver where I still live because uh, going back home felt a little bit too much of a, <laughs> I can't move back in with my parents again. I, I just can't. And so I I moved to Vancouver and went from being in this you know dynamic team environment every single day, running teams and launches to starting from scratch in a little you know, rented bedroom uh, in a city where I knew no one and just sort of healing and recovering uh, from my from my health issues. So, you know, the decision I sort of was made for me and at the time it was a hard one, but looking back, I really do feel like it was absolutely divine, you know, intervention in some ways because it it sparked a whole other journey that looking back now, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I'm meant to be doing. So I've had several conversations with women that have made pivots um, just for some reason or knowing, but I, I want to ask you about the, that feeling of intuition and sort of being that guided and listening to that voice. So what, what is that for you? Yeah, I think my intuition works in mysterious ways. Sometimes, sometimes it's like a loud scream, like, like in that case with, you know, I just knew it was time for me to leave despite being offered, you know, better uh, pay and and greater opportunities at the company. It just, I knew in my gut, it was time for me to leave that behind uh, without even much of a, of a stepping stone. And, and I do really believe that, that if you prioritize yourself, that will never come back to bite you in the butt. You know, I think the times that we look back on decisions we've made with regret, it's always the times where we ignored what we needed and we ignored our own boundaries or we ignored our own needs. Um, but then other times to me, intuition looks like feeling a bit stagnant where I'm not feeling creatively inspired. I'm not, you know, I'm coasting for lack of a better word. And there's always this little voice inside that when things get a little bit too comfortable, not that I'm addicted to chaos, although I probably am a little bit, but when things get a little bit too comfortable, I know it's time to, to do things differently. And I try to, you know, apply gentle pressure. It's this concept that I, I learned from a friend of, you know, when we want to make a pivot in our lives, I think we glamorize this idea of like, I quit. And then I started my business and now I make millions of dollars. It, it's, it's usually not like that. It's usually a bit of a, I'm just going to test the waters over here and try something that scares me a little bit and see what happens. And then what happens most of the time is it works out or something happens that feels a little easier than you thought it would, or you overcome a fear that you had, and then you keep moving in that direction. You know, I'm a big believer in following the signs of where things naturally seem to fall into alignment. If you're trying something and you just keep coming up against a brick wall over and over and over again, uh, I don't consider that failure. I just consider that like redirection, like something about that isn't working. So what else can you try and learn from it and, and keep moving forward. That's a great um, way of looking at things because there is plenty of 
roadblocks that are actually doors open for other opportunities. And I actually share that same sort of vision where I don't see any opportunities, failure or success, um, particularly failure is is the wrong route because you never know what you didn't know. And exactly. so yeah. every path leads you in the right direction that you're supposed to go in. And yep. there's the, um, the saying that the universe is working for you, not against you. Yep. Yeah. Something I say a lot, and this really helped me through that dark time in my life where I really felt like, oh my gosh, did I just, did I just completely ruin my career? You know, like I literally went from the top of my game to an absolute nobody starting from scratch. And I kept feeling like, oh my gosh, did I make the biggest mistake of my life? Am I going to regret this? Um, but there's a saying that I repeat over and over again in my mind, which is, well, two things and they're related. One is what's meant for you will not miss you. And the second is everything that happens to you is the best possible thing that could happen to you, even if you don't see it yet. And I think we can all look back at our lives and think of times where it was so incredibly challenging or something happened where in the moment it felt absolutely like, why me? Like, I cannot believe this happened. But then you look back and you go, wow, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have done this. I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have learned this. I wouldn't have met that person. And, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Mm -hmm. So how can you look back at your life and those decisions and how they led you to where you are now and then use that to build trust? for the future and know that what's meant for you won't miss you and that everything that happens to you is what you need, even if you can't feel it or see it yet. Beautifully said, Alex. And I have to say that um, there's not one woman that I've spoken to that it's been a very straight path. It's always been, you know, a windy road and every single point in that road is actually sending us on the road where we're supposed to be. Yeah. So my next question is really, you know, is you knew that you're back, you were starting, you were looking after your health and your wellness. What was that next step? Like you said, you always loved marketing, but you know, was it skills that you learned when you were away in your internship or what was that aha moment for you that you're like, I've got to start copy posse. Yeah. So it was actually a bit of a long road. Uh, I didn't start Copy Bossy until 2020 and, and I quit my job at Mind Valley in 2011. So nine years. Um, so it was a bit of a, again, that windy road. So for me, you know, when I was starting from scratch, I, I was really lucky to have those three and a half years of experience at Mind Valley and, and, you know, quite, uh, had built up, you know, a bit of a, a Rolodex of contacts and just people who knew what I did. And then I just networked my little booty off. You know, I think anybody who's building a business from scratch, the best thing you can do is, is make relationships. Uh, networking can sometimes have like this icky connotation. Like you're going around being like, hi, hi, give me a call. You know, here's my card. But really, I just started attend attending events and I just started letting people know what I was doing. Like, hey, I'm, I'm actually freelance now. If you need help with your marketing, let me know. Uh, and, and that's what started a very successful consulting business, which I, which I did do for, for nine years. So I would work with brands totally behind the scenes, completely anonymously ghostwrite, plan launches, plan marketing campaigns, uh, to help other brands and business owners. Uh, and then that intuition kicked in again, to be honest, it kicked in sooner than 2020. It kicked in in about, you know, 2017 where, uh, I was like, okay, I'm playing small. I know I can do more. I am coasting. I'm working with clients that 
it's become easy. I, you know, do what I have to do. I was traveling. I mean, I was living the dream by a lot of, you know, early 30 year old standards. Uh, and it was, it was fun, but I, I reached a point where I really could not ignore that voice inside that was like, you're playing small, you're playing small, you're playing small. And so in 2019, after thinking about it for probably a year and a half, I finally started my YouTube channel, which to be honest, you know, as someone who's very strategic, when I work with other people, I had no strategy. <laughs> Everyone always asks me, they're like, what was your YouTube strategy? And I'm like, to me, it was like a personal mission to put myself out there and see what happened. So in the beginning, it really just was this like, I don't know where this is going to take me, but I have a lot to talk about when it comes to marketing. Um, you know, my mission is to de-douchify the internet because I was seeing so much crap online and hated that that's the the, the rap that marketing was getting. It was like, oh, ooh, you're an online marketer you try to scam me out of money. And it's like, no, you know, marketing and, and messaging and copywriting starts movements. It rallies communities. It's, you know, it's what you do, Monica, with Women of Inspiration at the Universal Women's Network. It's it's so important. And I really wanted to give marketing a new, a new face. I wanted to talk about how marketing could actually be used to make an impact and change people's lives uh, and remove the ick factor that so many of us have come to associate with online marketing and sales. And that's what I wanted to talk about on my YouTube channel. So that's what I did. And it wasn't until almost a whole year later that I realized there was such a hungry audience of mostly women, although I have incredible men and all genders in my community, but I, there was so many, uh, particularly women who were like, oh my God, I've always loved to write, but I didn't realize how I could turn it into a business without being like an author, like JK Rowling or something. You know, I I always thought writing was just always going to be this passion of mine that I, that I would do on the side of my regular nine to five job. And so I started teaching people how to do what I did, which was how to start freelance writing and helping business owners. And that's when the copy posse was born, but it really came out of what my audience was asking for after I made the decision to start. And I think that's like the advice I could give anybody who wants to do anything, whether it's start a business or take your business in a new direction is don't wait until the path is clear. Because even if you do map out a clear path, there is no way it's looking the same. Like we had talked about earlier with the winding road, know that the path will appear as you start walking down it. And then you'll, you'll, you know, get intuition. You'll be informed by what your audience wants. You'll have conversations with other business owners and that will awaken so much of the potential of your business. But the first thing you have to do is just start. And it might be messy and it might be not what you had in mind, but that's okay. Uh, I'm going to say guaranteed messy, <laughs> guaranteed, guaranteed hard work and guaranteed doubt is all included, right? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, venturing down roads that we've never actually done. And for the most part, most people have never done and there's no manual, right? So we're kind mm -hmm. of only going with, you know, knowing what we can see a hundred meters ahead of us most of the time. So yeah, uh, can completely relate to that. But Alex, what are some of the, and I'm sure you have many of them, but if you can share with the listeners, what are some of those barriers that you sort of, you know, came up against and then, you know, overcame. Mm. Yeah. I love what you said about like the doubt and all that. I think there's, again, there's this misconception that, that if you have doubt, it means you're not ready. 
And something that I say a lot is ready is not a feeling. It's a decision. And I kept waiting to feel ready to own my voice, to start, you know, my YouTube channel, to put myself out there, to ruffle feathers in a very male dominated industry. Uh, I was waiting to feel ready. And then I thought to myself, like, do you ever feel ready? Like, no, you, you, I've never felt ready. Did I feel ready to move to Malaysia? No, I was terrified, but I did it anyway. And I think that remembering that makes that decision a little bit easier because you act in spite of the doubt and the fear. And so I think that was a big one is, is I got it backwards. I thought that I had to feel ready before I could start, but the reality is all it takes is a little bit of courage. And that courage comes before the confidence. That courage comes before that feeling of, oh my gosh, like I am, you know, doing this. I'm good at it. People like me, <laughs> whatever it is that, you, you know, you want that validation for. Everyone has to go through that moment of feeling scared and then acting in courage. The other thing that I really had to stop doing because it was just stopping me dead in my tracks was comparison. Mm. You know, we tend to look at what other people are doing and either completely try to emulate what they're doing uh, and then it, we wonder why it doesn't feel in alignment or it's not working for us or we just compare and we go oh well they do it better than me so why would I even start and when you compare your chapter zero or chapter one to someone else's chapter 10 of course you're always going to fall short and I still find myself doing that you know I'll talk to a business owner who who's been in business a few years longer than me. And I forget that part. And instead I just look at what they've got and I'm like, oh my God, like they're doing it better than me. And then I'm like, I'm falling behind. What's wrong with me? And it, it, it's, it's really owning where you're at and staying in your lane. And the only comparison you should be doing is comparing who you were yesterday and who you were last year and who you were, you know, when you started your journey, not comparing yourself to anybody else. Um, and I think really embodying that has helped me so much. You know, I don't, I don't consume a lot of content online because when I do that, I'm immediately in my head about it. <laughs> Instead, I think, what is the message that I have to share and what does my audience need to hear? And I'm going to say it in the way that I want to say it. And I'm sure there's a hundred other people who are teaching the same thing in a different way. And that's totally fine. This is the way I would do it. And, and, and trusting yourself a little bit in that process. Mm, I love that. The comparison mode, like there is a lot out there right now. So, and it's really hard to stay focused. But if you do, that's when you're able to really harness your own voice. Um, and I couldn't agree more. Like that is great advice about staying in your lane, mm -hmm. staying focused and staying true. Um, and we're coming on year 10, right? So, you know, like lots of dynamics, lots of changes. So as a creator and a builder of a, of a network and community and all the pivoting that goes along, like it's so important to just stay really focused um, on on what it is that you're trying to achieve. So um, thank you for being so authentic about that. So I have to ask you, um, you know, you were surrounded by so many talented, inspiring leaders. You know, what would you say the best advice is that you have received, that you've taken with you and carried with you in, into building your business and sort mm. of, you know, building your empire? Hmm, that's a really good question. I think, I think it might big, not be a fair question because it might be a little bit of 
Yeah. It's, you know, I've definitely gotten a lot of advice over the years. Um, and I think the best advice is, is to listen to other people's advice, but no matter what, trust yourself. I think this is the biggest issue right now with business building in general. There's a difference between learning strategies and, you know, modeling them and applying them in your business uh, versus really deeply understanding what you need and the, and what the people you are serving need. Uh, Because I've had so many people over the years give me advice that I've have followed. And then it, it felt a little bit like I was building a business that wasn't my own and it felt hard and it felt icky and it felt like, but this is what so-and-so does. And so that should be what I do. When I started the coffee posse, I think I had just enough of that like experience in the industry and just enough of being a bit jaded by it all that I wanted to prove everybody wrong. I like I had a bit of a chip on my shoulder and I'm like, I'm going to show people that there's another way to do it. And that I think to me was the advice that really mattered most because everyone always likes to think that they have the answers and they do for them, but it doesn't always apply to everybody else. And so, you know, if, if you have this idea and someone says to you, that'll never work because of this, it's like, great. Thank you for your feedback. If you still feel, you know, aligned with it, do it anyway. Um, because trying to follow everyone's advice simultaneously, you'll end up walking in circles, you know? And I think that that's part of the comparison game is you need to, pick your roadmap, you know, step one, step two, step three, step four, step five, map that out and go, this is what I'm doing no matter what. And if advice comes in and says that I should go left when I feel like I should go right, it's learning kind of to be able to graciously accept it, but not necessarily listen to it if it doesn't feel true for you. Um, and I honestly think it's it's kind of woo-woo and, and a continuation of our previous conversation, but I think, I think that's that. It's like, just start. And just go for it and listen to yourself above all else. And then your customers next, because they, they're going to be the ones that tell you, you know, there's a lot of people right now, and I could talk about this forever, but there's a lot of people right now talking about AI and how AI is, is going to take over and, and creatives are doomed and, and, you know, business owners are not going to have to work anymore because they're going to have AI do all of their business for them. And while I do absolutely believe that there's massive awesome ways that you can use AI to streamline your business. At the end of the day, as long as we're selling to people or as long as we're we're trying to move people or, or have people as in humans <laughs> take action and do something, then it requires a level of, of empathy that AI will never be able to replicate or at least not anytime in the near future. And so being careful about not hopping on those trends, thinking that it's the magic button that's going to change everything. Uh, because while everyone's zigging that way, my my advice is to look at the opportunity it's creating over here and going, oh, I actually have a bigger opportunity to double down on being real and 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 serving people in a way that that I know as AI continues to evolve, that's not going to be able to touch this. Can I use it? Yes. Is it a tool? Yes. But is it going to replace the need for me in my business? Probably not. You know, if you are in the business of serving others. Great advice. So for the listeners that don't have any idea of like the empire that you've created, just Mm -hmm. maybe share a little bit about what you've built over the past several years. 
how many creators, how many um, countries you serve. I mean, it's simply amazing what you've done. So congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah. um, I mean, it all really started with that YouTube channel. Uh, You know, people always say, oh my God, you came out of nowhere. I really don't feel like I did. Uh, it took me six months to reach a thousand subscribers. So I will say that because it's it's looking back, it does feel like it happened fast. But in the beginning, it was a lot of work, like you said, and there was a lot of doubt. And there was a lot of that. Um, but I now have, you know, 300,000 subscribers on YouTube, 200,000 subscribers on Instagram, 100,000 subscribers on my LinkedIn newsletter. Uh, but to me, I think the the most fulfilling part of the work that I do is I've helped thousands and thousands of of people start and scale their businesses through what I call modern messaging and mar- modern marketing, which is a lot of what we're talking about today. Like how do you communicate what you do in a way that feels good, that's rooted in empathy, that uh, communicates your message in a powerful way and you know in a way that's aligned with your values and have helped you know so many different, uh, again, mostly women around the world, start and and build businesses and create that life of freedom. So they can stay at home with their kids and they can travel and they, you know, can not go back to work after maternity leave. And and it's been incredible serving, serving that community of, of passionate freedom seeker who's creative and just wants to be able to turn what they love into, you know, the freedom that they, that they crave. So, yeah. What's interesting is that I think that you created that community. I don't think it existed before you. Like I didn't see any sort of, you know, massive copywriting, you know, um, group or, you know, I think you made it sexy. Thank you. Yeah. That was the goal. That was the goal. I mean, I think you achieved, I I think now it's just like, it's sexy and people are going, but I always love to write. But now I actually, you, you actually created a path for these people that didn't actually know there was a path, which is remarkable. So um, that's that's kind of what I've been seeing is the vibe of people are just lit up and going, you know what? I like to write, but I never knew that it could happen this way. So yeah, um, you've empowered you so that. many people. Thank you. So I always, I mean, you're a woman of inspiration finalist. Um, we are looking forward to celebrating with you. And you know that I'm super, super passionate about putting women into the spotlight, amplifying the voice, sharing their stories. But what I'd love to ask you is why do you, why do you feel I know how I feel about it, but why do you think it's so important that we actually amplify the voice of women, celebrate the achievements of women? Why is it so important, Alex? Oh my gosh. You know, I think, I think it's to give permission to all women to really own their voice, take up space, get louder. You know, I think so many of us grow up being told to be nice, quiet little girls. <laughs> uh, and we're often, we're often told to be quiet or we're told to, you know, just sit there and, and listen up. And I think that women are the future in a sense that naturally we're, we're lovers of community. We're compassionate. We want to be around and support others, you know, and I think there is a place for that in every single element of business and government and education. Uh, And I think that women need to lead by example, because I, I can even think back in my own career, where it always felt 
competitive. You know, it always felt like, well, if there's room for one woman at the table, I'm going to be that woman. And uh, being able to work in environments and with teams of many women and being able to support women in that, you know, lift as we climb kind of mentality. I've seen so much incredible work being done. I've seen movements being started. I've seen um, a new way of of communicating and uh, and making making others feel seen and safe and understood. And I just feel like there's such a place for that. And so as women, you know, we need to set that new example and, and show the younger generations of women that, hey, you can be loud, you can have an opinion. Uh, and it doesn't mean that you're a bitch or that you're complaining or that you're strong headed or whatever, you know, label gets placed on on women who tend to, to be the ones to speak out and share their opinion. And the more we can step into that power, the, the more permission we give for others to do the same. And, and I think that, um, you know, I feel very lucky to be to be a woman in Canada and raised by the family that I was raised by. But there are still um, places around the world, including in America, where women's rights are not being res- respected and um, equity is not the standard. And so for me, it's, you know, starting that by leading with example and or leading by example and, and inspiring others to do the same. Beautiful. Role modeling is super important. And you know, that I'm also, when we talk about, you know, inspiring change for equality is it's about the role that our allies play um, to that uh, equation as well. So, you know, I would love to hear um, from you about the supporters in your world, of course, um, and the champions and, and sort of the role that our men play um, as our you know, partners in life or business um, to sort of, you know, be a part of that solution. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I look back and again, feel so, so blessed that I have always had such incredible support and allies in my, in my business, you know, uh, and career. When I think back to professors at, at university who inspired me to, to think bigger or to go abroad for that year of study. When I think of my, my boss vision at Mind Valley, who, uh, was such an incredible support and saw potential in me and promoted me, uh, despite being the youngest, uh, at the company at the time and, and, and lacking experience, but because he believed in, and supported me and, you know, and an, an executive team that was made almost, um, completely of women. Uh, and then I think about clients that I worked with over the years, uh, and business partners that I've had over the years in different events. Um, like my, my friend Glenn, who, uh, who invited me to to co-host an event with him over those nine years that I was a freelancer and consultant and had never spoken on a stage before. And he was like, hey, I want you to co-host this event with me. And I felt like I had absolutely no place speaking on that stage. Um, and it really is because of, of people like that in my life who were like, yeah, you absolutely deserve the spotlight. Uh, and all women deserve the spotlight that have supported me in my, in my journey. And I'm just so incredibly grateful. And of course, you know, my husband and my father and, and all of those amazing men who, who, who told me that, Hey, if the boys can do it, you can too. Beautiful. I, I just really love that message. And I hope that the the podcast will be shared. And I hope that all of those people listening will be like, well, thank you. Because I really do believe that everybody deserves to be valued for their contribution. And it's by valuing the contribution that everybody makes, um, really men and women working together. That's how we're going to actually, you know, advance women, um, to a whole new level and a whole lot quicker than waiting a hundred years to do it. (laughs) Yes. So I, you know, I want to say we're coming on our time together. 
Um, it's been an absolute pleasure having you today share your secrets to success. Um, I always end with one final question, and that is your definition of a woman of inspiration. Mm, yeah, my definition of a woman of inspiration is a woman who stands in her power, who speaks up when she needs to, who advocates for herself, and who gives permission for other women around her to do the same. Well, if I'm going to tell you a little secret, whenever I ask that question, what I see is the woman that I'm looking at or interviewing right now are directly that woman of inspiration that they're actually, you know, sharing. So, and I know that through the conversations that we've had, that you are just such an incredibly generous woman you lead by example in absolutely everything that you do, and you do create that space for others to rise. So I want to say um, congratulations on all your success. I'm looking forward yeah. to celebrating with you Me really too. soon, and I'm looking forward to seeing all the incredible things that Copy Posse has planned. Um, so maybe you can share, give us a little bit of a sneak peek of what you've got planned for 2024 and how people can get a hold of you. Yeah, lots of exciting stuff. Really looking to just reach more people, planning to do a live event at some time at some point in Vancouver in the next year, which is really exciting. Uh, and we'll continue creating new content on my YouTube channel. The best way to find me is copyposse.com uh, or on Instagram at copyposse. Awesome. And any last words, any final words that you'd like to share with the audience today? Uh, just thank you. Thank you so much for, for creating this space to have conversations like this and uh, for the work that you're doing. I'm a big fan and can't wait, can't wait to celebrate with you in person. Awesome. Looking forward to it, uh, Alex. And I just want to say thank you for everybody joining us. And if you love this episode, please don't keep it a secret, share it widely in your networks um, and tune in to the Woman of Inspiration podcast and be sure to visit um, Alex. And you've got a great Instagram channel. I just have to say, it's really amazing. So uh, Thank you. LinkedIn, Instagram, um, give her a tap on the shoulder and actually maybe just say, hey, I heard your podcast. Yeah, definitely. You know DM me after you've listened to this and I look forward to hearing from you. Awesome. Thanks so much and um, have a great day. We'll talk to you real soon.